1: Welcome back. It's the Now News panel on AMI. I'm Dave Brown, joined by Juita Gupta. Let's talk about our next issue. Travel delays and cancellations remain a pressing topic for folks trying to get from point A to point Z. Although some of the issues at airports have cooled, there are still lots of delays, cancellations and lost luggage for travelers to deal with. A few stories came out this week and I want to get your take on all of them. Joita, let's try to go quick on these because I want to give your topic about 10 minutes on the back end. So let's try to take about two minutes for each of these uh, proposed solutions and let's start with boring bureaucracy. The House of Commons Transport Committee has voted to launch an investigation into travel delays. Joita, I think this is a fine idea, but I don't think it's actually really a solution to travel delays. And especially if this uh, report is done, this investigation is done, recommendations are made and none are followed through with. It seems a little bit pointless, but I do think it's at least a worthwhile endeavor to get some data. What do you think?
0: Um, Maybe, maybe not. I was actually going to come down and say it was pretty pointless. I think we know why the delays have taken place, and the delays have largely taken place because airports did not anticipate the spike in travel. They laid off a lot of their staff, and those people then went on to find other jobs, and now the airports are scrambling because they are woefully understaffed. I think the airports know what the problem is. Um, Besides that, in a lot of instances, I know WestJet and Air Canada have cut back on the number of flights um, going that you know that they're actually flying as a way to address some of these capacity issues. So it really feels like one of those situations where um, the horses left the barn and galloped away, and then you're wondering, did we leave the door open? Yeah, like, what happened? Yeah. It, it, it feels very performative, and it just kind of. And I I am a big fan of public inquiries. I think I am you know <laughs> rah rah public inquiries, <laughs> yeah. bring it on. Um and, and 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 you would be right to be skeptical of my enthusiasm for public in, inquiries as such, but honestly. In this instance, it just seems like they're doing something because they feel like they need to show that they're doing something. What is the point of this? Yeah. What will actually be accomplished? Um, I don't think very much will be accomplished because even if they make recommendations, they'll sit on the shelf. But honestly, they know what the problem is and they should have just fixed
1: it. Yeah, especially in the context of this week, the news coming out that the CTA is backlogged with complaints and they're not actually enforcing the Passenger Bill of Rights that supposedly is in effect right now. So, yeah, what's the, what's the point of doing bureaucracy if the bureaucracy doesn't lead to action? Okay, Joita, uh,
0: 150- one quick thing, though. Sorry, I, don't, I hope you don't mind. The one thing I could see an inquiry about is around passenger bill of rights. You're you glad you mentioned it, and just around the compensation. I just want. I think that if you did have to an inquiry, maybe just narrow it down and focus on just that yeah. one thing.
1: Or looking at things uh, like overbooking, right? Irresponsibility yeah. of overbooking flights. These kinds of things, as opposed to the quantitative data, which we already know experientially and is already being collected by third parties anyway, right? Like you could like you don't need government bureaucracy to uh, get their own data. They can use some of this third party data if they believe it's if they believe it's reasonable. Okay, Juita, here's one that I think is kind of interesting. Regina's airport is adding some more international flights ahead of the winter season. I know this is kind of a leaping-off point. I'm jumping to a different conclusion, but that's how Dave Brown Consulting works. Even though this news is about adding new flights at airports, it got me thinking. Should we be using more of Canada's medium-sized airports for international flights as a way to perhaps funnel some flights out of Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal? Don't get me wrong, Juita, population density is is a real thing. There's like what, 10 million people in the GTA give or take. So it does make sense that flights rolling out of Pearson, but if if we funnel some flights out of Toronto, Vancouver and Montreal to other airports in Canada that can offer direct international flights, maybe that's going to ease some of the burden and ease some of the word that the 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 the, uh, the the mass media is using the chaos. Mm -hmm. Now there are multiple airports in Canada that already support direct travel to the U S and direct travel to uh, Europe and other places internationally. So this does strike me as something that's manageable. So what do you think, Joita? Why couldn't we potentially funnel some people outside of Toronto, Montreal and Vancouver to other medium sized international airports uh, in, in the country?
0: Oh, there's no harm in it, Dave. I think it's not a bad idea at all. I like it, um, with a few caveats. The first one is demand. As you said, population uh, population density is a factor, and that doesn't just mean that there's a ton of people in Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal who could take international flights. I think it goes beyond that. Um, if I were an airline carrier, I'd be asking myself, is there enough demand out of Regina? For, to, to to undergo the expense of actually having a flight go there when we already have flights going to maybe Toronto and Vancouver, for example, and, mm-hmm. Va- and Montreal. Mm-hmm. So that would be a big sort of caveat. And it's really not something that is uh, up to airports. That's really up to individual airline carriers. Um, but the other thing to keep in mind is do these airports, the medium-sized airports, actually have the physical infrastructure to funnel that higher amount of traffic so and and do they have the processes and the staff in place because you could end up with a situation where if this is implemented badly you could end up funneling a whole bunch of people away from Pearson or from um, Montreal and from Vancouver only to end up with delays and snags and all kinds of other problems in some of these smaller airports because they just didn't have a plan to get it right one of the things I worry about Dave is the knee jerk reaction right now we're dealing with all these chaos, chaos in these airports and I'm wondering if people are maybe a little bit too quick to grab at solutions, which will be in turn badly implemented. So mm-hmm. I would say slow and steady wins the race. I, I,
1: I should point out here, I'm not talking about moving like thousands of flights a day. No, I'm either. talking about maybe just a couple. I will tell you my experience going through Ottawa, Calgary and Winnipeg in my life have all been very positive and I was recently in the Halifax airport not traveling internationally but they do have an international component to that airport and it looked like the lineups and situation wasn't too bad there now I know all it takes is adding a couple hundred people, a couple hundred passengers and next thing you know the situation can turn quite hairy but I do think there could be something to this because we're already asking people to funnel into Toronto, Vancouver and Montreal to get a lot of these direct flights Mm -hmm. so maybe for once the Torontonians, Montrealers and Vancouver have to have the experience of like, I've got to take a connecting flight to get somewhere. (laughs) Imagine the inconvenience of the city slickers. (laughs) Uh, Joita, one one more for you here. Uh, Now, I I shared my take on this earlier in the week, so I'll try to keep it quick, but an Australian airline is asking managers and executives to join baggage handling crews to deal with increased workloads and delays. Uh, Joita, as soon as I read this story, I thought to myself... Anybody who thinks this is a good idea has never worked anywhere. Managers and executives very rarely have any idea of what's going on on the ground. And having untrained people dealing with baggage really strikes me as a poor idea. But what do you think?
0: (laughs) I I, I promised myself that I wouldn't laugh. I was like, okay, when this one comes up, just think depressing thoughts. But... (laughs) This one is hilarious. It's honestly a gimmick. I don't think they're serious. Maybe they're trying to make a point about, I don't know what, staff shortages. I don't have enough context. But honestly, if you're an airline and you have enough executives to make a difference to baggage handling, you probably have too many people in your C-suite. You might want to send a couple of those people packing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's well put, Juita. Hey, Juita, thank you for uh, running around this topic for me real quick. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Hi, I'm Jenny
0: Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted.
1: Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.